Business Matters in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. The part-time Level 8 Honours degree in business is delivered through a mix of online and face-to-face lectures. Email execedbusiness at lyit.ie. That's E-X-E-C-E-D business at lyit.ie or call 9186206. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters. My guest this week is the owner of Spear Performance Gym and Fitness Centre in Letterkenny, Adam Spear. After secondary school, Adam completed a sports science degree in Wales. He went on to study sports therapy and practised locally while also working in local gyms. He took a change in career path soon after and moved into the area of personal training and strength and conditioning on a full-time basis. After setting up a gym initially with local athlete Michael Black in 2011, Adam established Spear Performance at New Mills on the outskirts of Letterkenny in 2015. Adam, you're very welcome to Business Matters. Thanks very much, Keen, for having me on. Adam, would I be right in saying that you've managed to establish an extremely successful business through your love and passion uh, for exercise and sport? Yeah, I, supp- I suppose so. Um, uh, I, I think back of, of, of 10 years at this now, I suppose, or 11 years kind of of my own business from the early days back um, working in leisure centres and the usual pathway. Um, I came back from honeymoon and had a few wedding gifts lying in the bank, so I decided let's, hope, let's get a, a gym business up and running. So um met up with Michael Black, um, just approached me, he said, we let's, let's have a go at this. So I think at the time, I'd just been involved in the golf 2011, um, and we'd been working at different gyms around the town just to get the players facilitated in their training. So I thought, if I've got my own place, i got my own hours, nobody in my way, I freedom to work in my own environment and build it how I see fit to train the players. So that was a big appeal for me as well. Like, mm. Can you take me back to, to, to the earlier stages of your career? Yeah, it's a funny one. Uh, when I f- went to college, I suppose I did the usual pathway of you know a sports science degree and I went, went to university in Wales. And then when I finished that, I realised, you know what, I think I should have done sports therapy or sports physio, as it's now known, you know. And so I started studying that in England. So I did distance learning for two and a half years. Um, so I finished that sports therapy course um, and started practising locally outside of my other job working in the centre and within about maybe first six to eight months I just said it's not for me and it's funny because over two and a half years I chased it and invested a lot of time and money into it and then eventually when I was practicing it every even no servicing legs and looking at different bodies and trying to get them sorted I realized I'd rather stop them on the table than treat them when they're on the table so I took a career path change in and started doing one-to-one trainings and strength conditioning and that type of stuff. So it was funny. What I thought I wanted for a long time, when I was actually in the real world practicing, I actually wanted to try and maybe go a step ahead of the practitioner and stop them getting injured rather than fixing them. Because I found it frustrating sometimes getting them to do the rehab stuff and injury stuff. So I thought to myself, if I can keep them injury-free, then I've kind of taken away my own need for my job. So I changed career paths around then. Yeah, and working in local gyms give you a great insight into, into what you're doing? Brilliant, and do you know what? Um, working local gyms. When I came back from travelling, I didn't really have much plans to hang around for long. You know, three months here and then back traveling the world. I got a job, I enjoyed it. I got settled in this community, and I've been here now ever since. And this is probably two thousand and two thousand two. So I'm twenty years here in Kenny now, and I love it here. You mentioned your partnership with with Michael Black. Can you talk talk to us a wee bit about that? Yeah, I suppose through all the years of athletics and racing locally, I always knew Michael and, you know, we had the same kind of ideas of coaching and training and, you know, I think when you're a little bit younger and and I suppose very naive in business, 
having someone there with you at the start is a great help. You know, I think it was on my own at the start. I've been I've been a bit more nervous in terms of you know what if it doesn't work out. You know, I didn't invest massively at the start, so it was kind of like a it's a real learning curve when you first set up, especially when it comes to finances. You, you don't want to invest too much in case you know you leave the family in a bit of strife. So. I think having somebody with me to start was definitely a good thing and it definitely helped me grow and, and, and learn really more about business and coaching. I think when you have a passion for something, you always go to the goals. So, you know, you, you want to be, you spend your first 10, 15 years learning to coach more, but then you soon realize you need to learn how to turn it into a business that actually works rather than, because if it doesn't work as a business, then your coaching career will be short and you're not going to get to do what you love because financially it'll not work. So, that's probably where having to the partnership gives you a bit of freedom to go, you know what, well, I'm not there, he's there working, I can work on myself at the minute. And where did you and Michael set up initially? We started off um, down the Donegal Enterprise Business Park, down there at the bottom of um, a course called the New Road. Um, it's exciting because I think at the time, you're probably talking 2011, you know, even when I initiated to say to Michael, you know, let, let's put some grass or artificial turf in this gym, like, I don't think there's a gym in the country that hasn't got grass in it now. You know, at the time, I, I don't know if we were the first, but I would say we're, we're nearly the first to have the idea of putting um, artificial grass into the gym. So when you have a blank canvas like that, you know, there was nothing in that building. There was a shelf building, so we built the walls, built the showers, changing rooms, and it's it's fun. It was fun to give it a go, and, and I suppose where I am now, I've had, been a long story short, this is the, the gym I'm currently in now. This is my fourth actual gym. You know, the fourth time I've actually got a kit out in design and I've really modified it for the last six, seven years. So it's, you're always learning, you know, equipment to buy and where to source it from and stuff like that there. We're in uh, New Mills and your gym, as you mentioned, Adam. When did you decide to move here and can you talk to me about the, the process of setting up here? Yeah, I suppose it's a funny story in terms of we had the gym established in the business park and we were happy there and we liked it. And then the opportunity came to open a gym up the mountain top, which was preparing for us because, you know, it was literally about six, seven times the size and we decided to build an indoor track and that was obviously very new known when you had a, you know, an astro- like a, a rubber based indoor sprint track inside a building. It was 50 meters long and that was very exciting at the time. But I suppose we're only we thought we had a kind of like a three to five year lease kind of organizing that building, and then you know, sure enough, the, um, between the recession and everything, the building was sold, and after it was sold, the new owner basically kicked us out. So I think that stage we I kind of set up two gyms, you know, painting, decorating, kitting it out, lighting fixtures, and I said, you know what, I'm, I don't want to do that anymore. I, I, I was excited to try and do my own thing and maybe actually build it build the premises um, I'm just lucky that my Lisa and her parents you know were good enough to give me this bit of land that I have here now that I can use and you know happy to let me do what I wanted with it and I, I like I like I suppose my innovation's always been my thing I like trying something different I'm not afraid if it doesn't work I'll just try and change direction so even when I when I built this gym you know I'd never had more than like a 500 euro car loan and I went to the bank to try and build my own place it's a scary thing you're asking for a couple of zeros at the end of that number and you're going cheapers you know what if it doesn't work I'm not, I'm not in the town boundary for one and that was an issue and people were saying to me you're mad it's too far to town so I spoke to a few people um, online business owners that I knew in the same ministry and they said look if you build it good enough they'll come so that was my that was my kind of mantra when I was building it so when all the zeros were adding on and, and the, the different coloured paint was costing more and the posters were costing more I'm going you know what just go with it because if it doesn't work 
Elisa gave it everything. Did you nearly not go with it? Ah, it was squeaky at times, I'll tell you. Because, like I said, when you start off in a partnership, there's always somebody there on the premises to work. If you can't work, if you're sick, they can work for you. But when you're when you're fully on your own, you know, and your wife and kids are banking on you to to, to work each week, it's it's harder because there's a bit more pressure. Because you know, if you don't go to work, then there was nothing coming in, especially in the earlier days where. You know, it, the business was primarily just one-on-one sessions and classes. So, and I was on my own. I didn't have any anybody else working here. So, if I'm off sick, then there's literally nothing coming in. When you have overheads, it it can be quite scary. And when you're out of town and people who you who you trust and know and are friends of yours openly say to you, "Do you know what? It's very far to town." You're thinking, "Cheaper, maybe they're right. Maybe I should just stay in town." But look, all being said, that little bit of fear probably helped me push it on a bit and work a little bit harder and. No, I'm, I'm not afraid to work. Um, it's half five start. It's a ten o'clock finish. It's but that's that's what you sign up for. You know, I've done many a talk in schools, and when they ask me about the career path, you know, they expect you to say, "Oh, I love sport. I love working in sport." But the reality is, if you do this this job as an, a coach or a trainer or a coacher, whatever you like, it's about um, hard graft. The hours aren't they aren't social. You know, you're up early morning. You're home late at night. If you're busy, that that's just how it is. You know. You gotta remember most of the most of the public work nine to five. So if you want to train them, they want done before nine and after five. You know, you've got freedom during the day, but generally speaking, the the the, the tougher hours, the five AM starts and the ten PM finishes are your most regular work. You mentioned the blank canvas. You had a, a sort of greenfield site, so you were starting from scratch. I'm sure you put a lot of thought at it and to coming up with a different concept. So what are you providing here that was different and that is different? It's mad. Do you know if I, if I look back at the initial build, um, I wanted something quite spacious, something big. Um, and I stood in this building when it was being built, and I thought, I'm never going to fill this. Like, I'm never going to fill it. I had one treadmill, I had one bike, I had one rower, I had a kayak, and I had literally maybe oh, 20 dumbbells. That's it. That's all I had. And I look back at them photographs now, and I, I do laugh. It's, it's funny. You was know, that, that was 2015, Adam, was it? Yeah, 2015, yeah. And, and I look at this building now, and I wish it was twice the size it is. It's it's fun, and that that comes even from the growth of the mindset of even financials. You know, if you if you're prepared to work, you don't have to worry too much about the next euro. You go and look. If I need it, I can work a bit harder. I can do some more marketing, and um, because I just want to reinvest back in the business. My my whole goal is is to develop this building, develop the area, to develop the gym. That's my goal. That's that's what I love. Um, and then in terms of probably the actual build itself. I had this notion. I think I've seen it actually originally on the, I mean, you know that um, what do you call it? Twitch and TV, the sports show, Transworld Sport. They did a wee trip around uh, AX Arena, um, and their training facility at the time was like light years ahead of everywhere else. And they had like a, a ramp up the side of the pitch for running on. So that's where the idea for the indoor ramp came from. Um, the outdoor area, funny enough, the, the I built a lean two off the shed here and. That area is 250 square meters, and it's it's where I do most of my coaching now. I just love it outside. You know, even the winter time when it's minus five, it's lovely out there. In the summertime when it's 20 degrees, the odd day, it's it's lovely outside. And I've even I've had people come from even Kerry, Dublin, um, to Rome, um, to look at this place, and they've actually take just taken the idea that that lean two and put it onto GA centres, um, local gyms, because it's it's free space in terms of it's outside. And then with, with the whole COVID thing kicking off. Um, I literally couldn't have built a better facility to cope with COVID. The fact that even my outdoor classes, I, uh, they're all outside. Even now, 
I do 90% of all classes out, out, outside area and I keep inside free for people to come and train so it, it controls the traffic as well it's never it's never jammed here I, I just like I like it to be quiet and peaceful and in relation to inside the gym it's over two floors can you give our listeners uh, a wee bit of a flavour of the layout yeah I've changed the layout multiple times since it first opened like I said originally I just had a weights area downstairs and some machinery um, and I had about like I said the treadmill the bike and the rower upstairs that was it and it's a huge space and then I literally developed it in the last probably a lot in the, since the last since COVID really the last two years I've, I've made a lot of changes in here I've now got two weights areas downstairs um, that I just updated recently and I've actually built a second second floor upstairs so now upstairs I've got two areas um, and I've kind of joined them with a little bit of a a walkway or a leap of faith um, partition across the top is pretty cool um, so up upstairs is all cardio so I've got like a a kind of a kind of cardio head type machinery on one side and then all the more complex stuff like the, the cross trainers and the treadmills and not there on the other side so um, it's nice it's functionally it works very well um, with the outdoor area like I said I keep the classes out there inside then you've got enough space to take probably 15-20 people comfortably and you've other services uh, on campus as well that, that facilitate and complement what you're doing here yeah in the last I suppose, I suppose since COVID then I, I try to remodel the business a bit more um, so I have now at the back as well I built a yoga studio so it's hosted now by, um, by the Hot Fox Yoga Studio who are a great addition to the premises you know they do great stuff and I've also built a, a, another a studio at the back for a physiotherapy studio so of Connor McElwain of McElwain Injury Management he's there at the minute so we've got Great help here, and, and we bounce well off each other, you know. So if his work comes in the door that I just haven't time to take, you know, I can refer it off to either of the guys there, and they do a great job. And, and you know, it's again, it's it's time management. You know, if I'm tight for time, there's people here that can help me. You know, and it's it's it, otherwise you just couldn't grow. Adam, you mentioned uh, starting out here, and I suppose how scary a situation you might have found yourself in in 2015. Uh, can you recall the the first PT class, or the first session, or or the first uh, training session that you that you held here on your own? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, who was it? That's the next one. Um, I'm not actually 100 sure. I know at the time, you know, the business was different model. You know, the classes were kind of just starting to fade off again, but most of the stuff was one on one type stuff. And I think 2015, I was still really heavily involved in GA. Um, like honestly, I think at one stage, the most I ever had was 13 teams in the books. And looking back, it's it's ridiculous to be honest. Now I keep it to one or two, you know. But it's, it's that old thing, the, the fear factor of having the overheads that I had and going, you know what? They want to come on, come on ahead, come on ahead, and you, you just take every bit of work going. Whereas now, did you find it hard to refuse? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Again, fear, just just fear of the financials and going, you know, if I don't take this work now, what if I can't pay the bill next month? What if I can't afford the new piece of equipment that's coming out? So all all the all the, the teams and all the work, I love it. Like, I genuinely just, I, I love the team environment. Even now, I still love it. Um, I used to just, I just have that, them figures in my head. Well, if I take them for six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, we can expand the premises we can make it better for the next team coming in the door so I was using every team to make it better for the next team and that's what I've tried to do even since that so for the last 6-7 years I reinvest as much as I possibly can back in to you know, keep the thing up and running to modernise the equipment to keep it to what's the best that I find out there Is staying ahead of the game the key to staying successful? I feel it's a big part of it the other part I really like is for me for the enjoyment factor is diversity you know, I wouldn't call myself a specialist in anything. Um, probably more of a generalist specialist is the kind of phrase people would throw around there. You know, 
I like the fact I'm involved in. I have athletes here from uh, Hunger Young, which is 11 up to mid 70s. You know, and I like that. Um, I've got teams, one to ones, the classes, online coaching. I just like the fact that I haven't got just one thing to tap into. I think it would weigh down a bit quicker. You know, the not the boredom as such. I suppose it's, the, it's just the regularity of it all. I, I like the mix. I like the mix, and even I suppose for me, last year having you know uh, Russell White, the triathlete heading to the Olympics, doing his Tokyo prep here in the gym, and the guys helping out, and I mean, for me as a triathlete and an endurance enthusiast, having those guys here was one of the coolest things. I never thought I'd have a premises that they could think would even help them prep for Olympic Games. So that was. To me, even though that's one of the coolest things I've done here, having those guys here and, you know, they were at running the yoga studio at 45 degrees heat. We were boiling kettles in the room to get the, the humidity up to 80-90%. they jump off the treadmill, off the bikes, they'd run up here into the gym and run the treadmills and downstairs I'm helping someone in their 60s, you know, just teach them how to learn, lift some weights. And there's Olympians upstairs running the treadmills. That That was a cool day. That was a cool day for me. Adam, you were part of Jim McGuinness's backroom team when he was Donegal manager. Um, you met in Durings for the first time in 2010, uh, towards the end of the year, and within less than two years, Donegal were All-Ireland champions. Can you talk to me about that experience and your input into all that? Um, I suppose back then, right, here's how I see this, uh, I've talked about this before, but you know, with, with GEA, when I was first offered that, that role, you know, the strength conditioning coach was it wasn't seen as a proper job. Like, you know, I used to go to teams maybe six, seven years previous to that and what would happen generally is, and it still happens now maybe a bit, is um, a club will source a local athlete and say, get these guys fit. You know, when you go in for six weeks, you'd run the life out of them and that that was your job. You did six weeks and that was it. You know, whereas I think over time it's evolved into, you know, it is now, it's a, it's a, it's a really important role in the team um, and a well-paid role. Um, it's a big job. You know, but for me, when I got offered that job, I'd done a bit of club coaching for me six, seven, eight years, and then Jimmy asked me to come in and do a session with the 21s the year they were in the all Ireland final. Um, I'd done a couple of sessions in, in the clan along with those guys, and then when he asked me to take the senior job, I was like, do you know what? Sure. I'm not nothing else. You know, I wasn't I wasn't married at the time. I hadn't got kids, so I had a lot of evenings free, you know, and my training was fine. I could I'd do my training during the day, so it didn't impact on what I wanted to do much. So, I, I mean, I loved it. I genuinely loved it and I met some great people some great times and some of the best memories even the bad ones you know sitting in that Ireland changing room after losing in 14 as a coach you can learn from sitting in a losing changing room and a winning one you know there's lessons to be learned in both those games even though it was not nice losing but same time someone's got to lose We're in your office here and your gym Adam and over your left shoulder is uh, a photograph of the All-Ireland team at Crow Park and uh, below that is a photograph of the entire panel uh, kitted out, uh, suited and booted with both the Anglo Celt and the Dark Maguire what do you feel now when you look up at those photos? Honestly um, proud of myself that I actually gave it a go um, at the time you know it's so it's not the role it was now you know back then it was a, it, it was a it probably wasn't a big role when it's offered you as a job, but when the work started, it was colossal. Like the work, people laugh. Like I mean, I used to do one on one with all the players during the winter. Now I mean, one player at a time, one session. I could be doing six to eight sessions a day, 
Monday to Friday and maybe weekends. Uh, you build a very close relations uh, with, with those players as well, don't you? Brilliant. Do you know what I mean? And I remember that, that first meeting they talk about in Downing's, like, I stood in the room and I didn't know any of the players. To be honest, I, I didn't really have a handle on GA and the team. I didn't really know the players personally. I didn't know them by name. So Was that a bonus, maybe, looking back? Yeah, I had no... Not, not respect. I just didn't have any affiliation to any team. I wasn't going these my heroes. They, they were just bodies that that Jim wanted something from and goes, you know, I want this guy that size to do these type of work, this type of work. I said, look, tell me what you want and I'll try and deliver it as best I can. And that, and that, as a coach, is all you can do. So, at the time, it's easy to say no, you know, it's a bit of a daunting job. I mean, to take that job now, it's a, it's a lot different. You know, whereas back then, it's a hiding of nothing. You know, they hadn't won a game in five, six years. I wanted to give it a go. And there, we'll take a break. Business Matters, in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. The part-time Level 8 Honours degree in business is delivered through a mix of online and face-to-face lectures. Email execedbusiness at lyit.ie. That's E-X-E-C-E-D-Business at lyit.ie. Or call 9186206. You're welcome back. Before the break... Adam was recalling being part of Jim McGuinness's backroom team when he was manager of the Donegal Senior Footballers. I remember I, I suggested this six o'clock in the morning gym session and I remember Jim saying to me, he says, that's not going to happen, they're never going to go for that. And to be all truth be told, it's the norm now. Do you know, every team, every player, every club in the country, it's early morning gym sessions and longer pitch sessions, unfortunately. You know, we did some long stuff, but... It's kind of going back a bit more sensible. I mean, I remember us doing sessions for two and a half, three hours, maybe even longer actually. But you know, now I think the way the industry's changed, you know, an hour and a half, an hour and fifteen is, is all you really need to get the work done. You need to get done. But uh, yeah, it says, look, it says great times. Loved it. Would never change it. Um, would I go back to it? I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. I mean, probably my time of life now, it just wouldn't sit. Was it good for your profile, and did it uh, boost your confidence? Oh, absolutely. Like I mean. At the time, there's no better. You know, if that had gone not as well as it done, I still would have learned so much about just people coaching the sport of GEA, the passion people have for it. Like that, that, that kind of blew my mind a bit. Like when you're coming back from the most Dudleser final in 2011 and the All Ireland uh, quarter final against Kildare, you know, when you see how much people love it, I don't know how you couldn't love it. I don't know how you couldn't love being in that environment when it's going so well. Like even. You know, you're driving through all them towns with this, uh, Sam McGuire, and I got to walk it down Carragher Main Street. You know, my hometown, it's it's powerful stuff. Was that the highlight of your involvement with the Donegal team? Yeah, carrying down the, carrying down the street. Um, do you know what? Not to be cliche, but I would be happier for the players than for myself. You know, just as Jim always talked about, you know, putting medals in their pockets, and I think personally I felt very similar you know, even after as a coach, I'd be more nervous for them racing than me. You know, and I care more about their results than mine. It's just, it's just the way I am. And you know, when I see them collecting the medals, that probably be my proudest moment rather than me walking the cemetery and down the town. You know, because to be honest, it's a job for me. It's a passion and a lifestyle for them. You know, if we didn't win it, it wouldn't uh, kick me as hard as it would kick them. I think the high for them was higher than the high for me. So honestly, the best part was seeing them guys go up the go up the steps and that gold bunting flying from the sky. It was epic. Adam, 
can you give me an example of a typical week in the life of Spear Performance? Typical week, I suppose, like anything. Um, look, it's a standard days for for a gym owner. I suppose early starts. I mean, you hear it all the time. It's cliche enough at this stage. You know, six a.m. starts, ten p.m. finishes. Um, generally, the classes here we've got about fifteen, sixteen classes on a week. Um, so you, you can shop and change as much as you like. It's morning times, evening times, a couple of midday classes. Um, the one to one sessions. Look, I just run my diary a week at a time. Um, Back in the heyday, I suppose, or back at the start, I used to fill my dairy to the to the teeth. Not anymore. I I, I kind of tend to look after my energy a bit more. I've I've learned that if I'm not at my best, then I'm not really giving my best. So a little bit less work, a little bit more time off means a lot more quality of me when I'm on the gym floor. Uh, is that the best lesson you've learned in the business so far? Absolutely. COVID. The the the, the realization of having that time off during COVID, and I've got two young kids, you know, and and a wife, and being at home. You know, when you when you're stuck in work and you're just in that routine of nine to five or, or six to ten, whatever it is, you don't see much past it. It's just the norm. You just get up and go to work and come home, and that's it. Whereas when when the lockdown happened and I got a chance to train properly, because for years there I just kind of was squeezing stuff in all the time. And at the time you you don't see it. You just think I want to train. I want to do a few races. I want to do a few Ironman. I just get them done. Whereas now I'll I'll go out of my way to make time to be at home more to train more to get one evening off a week to take one day extra off a week you know I don't do seven days a week anymore I used to work seven days I used to pride myself on working 70, 80 hours whereas now I look back and I just think hey, there's just no need for it at all and I'll tell people that people that I train that are business owners I have a lot of people that I train that are that own premises and stuff and I just say to them honestly you just need to make time for yourself because I wasn't doing it you're just chasing work and it's there but you just need to realise that you can't do it forever and, and I, I took a I mean after it's, I took a, a job coaching the Sligo GA team in 2018 and that, that that year oh man nearly finished me I was up and down to Athlone on Wednesday night leaving you know it was in the gym 6 o'clock in the morning leaving here at 6 driving to Athlone not leaving here about 4 o'clock drive to Athlone never 7 training in Athlone from 8 to about half 10 at night getting home here at half 1 2 in the morning back up at half 5 Away to Sligo then again, and we'd train the Sligo on a Friday evening. I'd be home at half twelve o'clock at night, you know, and then be waiting Saturday morning, wait nine, back at half one. And this went on for about two months. And um, thankfully, we didn't go too far into the season because it would have finished me altogether. But I went to a race then abroad in, in Germany, um, felt reasonably well going to this race, um, collapsed during the race, and cut a long story short, ended up very sick for about three or four months after that. Um, and I think it was just complete wear and tear on me mentally and physically. You know, I took the Sligo job at the time because after the Donegal years, I did fancy another crack at something. I'd done the Donegal East team for a couple of years and a lot of clubs and stuff. And But I wanted to try it in Ender County. And really, if you're in Donegal, there only is a couple that are close enough to even commute to. Um, but going to Athlone was never on the cards. And that kind of just was a strong arm into that role. And um, to be honest, it was... to be honest, I, don't, I think I went 12 weeks out of 12 down to Athlone. And I think only once I made it home in one go. I had to sleep multiple times on the way home. I couldn't even make it back past Bondoran normally, so I had to pull in and sleep for half an hour. So that's half an hour less of bedtime because I'm up at half five. So that year, and I think then with COVID happening and getting that freedom of time off work, I realised, you know what? I need to work smarter, not more. And who else is with you here now, Adam, helping you? Well, I suppose, I suppose Lisa's here. My wife, she's a, she's a great help, you know, and without her... I couldn't do this. I could never have done this. I could never have had the gym. I could never have done these hours. I could never have done a golf job, you know. So she helps me so much just day to day. Um, 
I can't thank her enough for it, to be honest. Um, and then also I've got Gary Wilson here. Um, Gary from McCool's club up in Balbuffet. Um, he was involved this year. The last couple of years now, they've only got 17s. Great coach. Um, real passion for youth development. And it's great because it just means, like I said before, it frees me up to do other stuff so I can work on in the business rather than on. I can work on the business, sorry, rather than in the business. So having Gary here and having Lisa here, it's just a great help. Tell me, Adam, if you had followed your childhood dream job what would you be doing now <laughs> I'm a rough few fellas here I, I think like any young fella my dream job at the time well it changed but it would have been the physio at Manchester United that's what I would love to when, when it, he's rolling his eyes but like you know really and truly like I would have loved to have been involved in professional sport um, I would love to be in Manchester United as my favourite club um, I suppose the physio thing as it manifested is not what I wanted to do so I suppose I've had a rewrote that ten years ago when I said the S and C coach at Manchester United. Why Manchester United? What was the attraction to Manchester United when you were growing up? Well, I think like I like a lot of people. Um, my father, so my dad. You know, I suppose my first memory of Manchester United, not to be all philosophical here, but it um, was kind of ninety one in two when we lost the t- t- title to Leeds. So and then my dad's always buy his pendants and caps and stuff, and you know that kind of ties you to allegiance to a club, and that's just the way it was. And I was just lucky that those years were just a big success year. So all I ever knew for those initial supporting years when I was ten up to far as twenty was just trophies, and it's not like that now. Right? No. <laughs> it's the opposite now. We're winning nothing. But like I said, that would probably be the job. But it's funny when you meet a lot of young S and C coaches. That's what they gravitate towards: professional sport. But honestly, if you ask me now. It would not be professional sport. It's people. I'd rather coach people. Um, I, I know a couple of people that do work in professional sport in England with Premier League clubs. I know them fairly well. And I talk to them a couple of times a year, and it's not as glamorous as you think. You know, it's just it's they're just human beings. The same thing, doing their own thing, like they're new all players. You know, they're doing their best. You know, but the the the, the more they get paid, the less they want to do. You know, and I think you see that in a lot of the players in the Premier League. You know, it's it's a different animal. Whereas, to be honest, it, this environment here of helping local people, helping people around the country of all age profiles, I enjoy more. Do you go over to Old Trafford much? I've been over a couple of times. I haven't been in the last probably a couple of years because of COVID. Um, but I, I planned to go over this year, um, and just didn't work out. But no, next year now I've earmarked a couple of dates that I want to try and get over. So um, I'm going to work on that. Favorite player uh, of all time. You see, this is where I probably need to. Due to social interactions, I would have said Ryan Giggs, but um, he was always. I mean, growing up, he was always a player because he was quick, and I thought I was quick when I was younger and he was playing football. But I suppose uh, for me now, I would say Eric Cantona as cliche enough, but yeah, like I said, in terms of influence on the dressing room and influence on everything else, I mean, there's not many people that you'd walk around when you're my age and they weren't having got their shirt collar up with their football jersey. That happened in Gaelic rugby and soccer. The shirt collar was turned up, and that was one person caused that. So yeah, he's influential. Tell me, Adam, is there a person and business that you admire most? A person and business I admire most. I don't know if it's a person, but I think from my clientele base, it's the people that I know that are in business that are willing to put time aside for themselves to do this type of stuff. You know, I have business owners that have maybe, I have clients here that maybe have two or three businesses and they come in here and the first thing we've got to do is sort out freedom, freedom of time. You know, you can always work, you can always work more, but 
Do you find yourself being more than a PT instructor or, or, or a one to one coach? Is it more sort of taking it apart and saying, you're, are you nearly rearranging or replanning their lives? I think so. For for me, anyway, I mean, I suppose that's a question for them to answer. Do they think I do that for them? But I, I try. I really do. Like, I see the errors I've made. And sometimes you're speaking to someone who's definitely more experienced in business and a bit older than you. It might be hard hearing these things. But I let us settle with them and go, you know what? This is how I feel. If you want to work with me, these are the things that I think that I've done wrong, that I've changed, that have worked for me. And you should try them. And thankfully, most time, more often than not, they apply these different strategies to find up more time and it works you know if you're happier outside of these four walls you'll come into these four walls if you're not happy outside these four walls this is the first thing you're going to drop the last place you're going to go because you know there's grass to be cut there's money to be made there's deals to be signed to be honest you can have all that stuff but if you're not happy in the way you look and the way you feel and you haven't got your health then honestly it's not worth it's not worth financials tell me have you noticed uh, the people are more willing to maybe invest in their fitness and well-being now than they were before? I, I think so. Like, I mean, if I think back to the initial period where we had classes, we had like a half six in the morning class and people would say, what time are your morning class is on? We'd say half six. The, you're met with the first thing was, oh, it's a bit early. And see now when you ask what time the class are, quarter past six, anything at six. They want to go earlier. You know, people are... are finally see you know you can add hours today getting up early the morning time is to me is, is free access to time you know you can because nobody's going to ring in the morning look for some a favor no one's going to be lo- looking for you to help them with stuff because most people are sleeping so if you're up in the morning when you've got a bit of freedom it sets you up for the day so i'm a massive fan of morning training i'm not a massive fan of evening training to be honest because i think if you've earned the evening off then you should have it off but like some people work early and they finish late but it depends but the industry has changed and people do, from what I see anyway, are happy to invest in their health because if you don't do it now, it's going to force your hand in 10, 15, 20 years time when your health catches up with you, you're going to be forced to invest in some way into your own health. You mentioned change, Adam. What's the biggest change you've noticed in your 20 plus years involved in the industry? I think it's the, probably the model of the business. You know, before people just open a gym and you join the gym and you come in and just do what you need to do. Whereas now, I mean, if you look at the town here alone, I mean, there's 20 plus facilities in this town and they're all open multiple years. So obviously there's, there's good work being done. So, I mean, gyms now, I don't think are what they were in terms of you just don't join and, and, and just batter on yourself. You know, the people there to help, the, the business model's different, you know, whether you do one-on-one sessions or small group training or, or, or classes with one-to-one packages or online coaching. There's so many options now. And I think having that diversity helps industry. Because I said it, it's 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 doggy dog out there, and that's what, and as I said earlier on, you've you've got to keep reinvesting the thing and moving the thing forward. And if you, if you stand still, you're going to get knocked down. Tell me, Adam, what advice would you give your 21 year old self? What advice? Um, back yourself. You know, don't be afraid to fail. Because it's you know, I said if you've only had a 500 euro car loan. You know, and you're sitting there with a bank loan substantially more and you're, you know, not sleeping and people are giving you advice saying don't do it, it's not going to work. Do you know what? If I do it again, I just say, I do what I did do. I just went for it. You know, when you're you're putting colours on a wall and the, the white paint is X amount, but the green paint is a little bit more, the green paint looks better. Go buy the green paint. 
you know, that those little things to me made a big difference. You know, I do love graphic design and that type of stuff. So if I wasn't doing that this year, I'd probably be working in design and stuff. I, I, I've always liked art at school and stuff. Um, and I, I get a kick out of logos, designs, branding. So, you know, um, yeah, the advice I would say is, yeah, keep going. Just back yourself because it's, it's, it's easy to say, oh, look, I don't fancy it today. You've just got to get up and get it on. So like, and, and, and work hard. You've got to work hard. And at the start, probably looking back, yeah, I wouldn't do the same amount of hours I did back then now, but I wouldn't change it because if I didn't do that, I wouldn't realize what I know now in terms of flogging myself. Is the fact that you are a competing triathlete, does that make it easier for your job when you come in here? I think so because in terms of even, look, I said if I go for the more dramatic events like the, the, the Ironman or the longer endurance events I'd happily say I've failed in multiple events and my failings as an athlete help me grow as a coach I think so I can, I can tell my athletes you know I've done that don't do that or I've not done that make sure you do that just for our listeners can you explain <laughs> what an Ironman is for people who might not know well and just in terms of an Ironman it's, it's, it's a really long triathlon um, uh, it's a 3.8 kilometer swim 180 kilometer bike and then a 42.2 kilometer run at the end um, yeah it's extreme and I think even if you look locally people say doing a half marathon a marathon or a half Ironman it's a little bit people don't respect it as much as they should like I mean a marathon or a half marathon a 10k or a 5k it's all relative they are all daunting for the person that's taking the challenge on so if you're in local coast of 5k that is their Ironman. That is that is their big event. That is the stuff that keeps them awake at night going, oh, can I run this 5K or stop it? Or can I finish the 5K? So it's all relative. We've all got our own cruxes to carry, but I, I've just always loved, I've just, I've always loved endurance racing and I love I love coaching even more. Like every, every year we do a little try-a-try program here at the gym and it sells out in a day. Um, and I love it. I just love, because I know, I remember my first triathlon, Dare That Lane Ball Triathlon, you know, I remember getting out of the pool and trying to put that t-shirt over my head when I was soaking wet and I got stuck in it. I tell my clients, make sure your top doesn't go over your head because you're going to get stuck in it. Don't put your helmet on first because your head's going to get stuck in the t-shirt. All the stuff I've done wrong, I can laugh about now and I can tell people, don't do that because this is what's going to happen. How did you find the transition from running and cross-country running to triathlons? For me, it was funny when I was at college. There's a guy that bumped it one day at a, at a running race, and he was doing he was heading swimming and biking. I thought, what are you gonna like? When he first swam at an Ironman, I thought this is not possible. I started googling and YouTube and Ironman racing and going, how can you run a marathon after pedaling from eighty k? I genuinely thought this is this is gonna be cool, and but not sensible. And then when I got into triathlon, like they can help, I, I couldn't swim at the time, so I kind of self taught myself to swim when I had that when I had a job locally. I, I had access to a pool every day, and I kind of learned to build one length and built up to two lengths. And I even remember saying to someone the day first swam ten lengths, I thought it was, it was like unbelievable. Whereas now, like twenty lengths would be a warm up. You know, it's fu- it's just funny how you, how your perception changes these things. But from running to triathlon, for me anyway, personally, the sport of triathlon has just been easier on me because. I'm one of these people that I, I, I mean, well, I'm probably still the same now, but I'm not really good at going easy on myself. So when you're running all the time, it's just a bit sore on the body. So I found, you know, when you're you're aching from a hard run session, I can just jump on the bike or I can go to the pool, I can go to the gym. The diversity and the multiple facets of training just suit me better. And even a lot of my clients that have done marathon PBs multiple times, they've done their best marathons off cross training. You know, so I get them to bike because they can do a lot of good endurance work on the bike and it just doesn't hammer the body, especially as you get older. You know, you don't, I, personally, I don't think you can be running 
that much. I mean, my my biggest marathon training probably was, I would say, 60, 70k in a week. I would not take 100 mile a week. Most people would do it. I just wouldn't be able to do it. And triathlons is big business. It's huge. I mean, the, uh, I don't know what the figures are at the minute, but I know about four or five years ago, it was the fastest growing sport in Ireland. Maybe US or the um, MMA is catching up now, but triathlon is, it's colossal. When I started doing triathlon, and I wasn't really big into it at the start, I suppose, you might have done one, maybe two years. You spend your whole year building for one triathlon. Now there's a national series, so you're expected to race six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, and it's not a problem. But I mean, last weekend, I think there was maybe three or four events in the country two national series and they're either sprint triathlon or Olympic distance so there's there's triathlons there's duathlons there's aquathons there's so much going on I mean the, the sport is the sport is growing at a huge rate and finally Adam what does the future hold for yourself and Spear Performance I suppose uh, in the business itself look I said as I said before I want to just keep growing the business um, I've got loads of ideas every time I go out from the bike or run I come back with another thing and I write it down in a book and some I do some I don't do some I've invested heavily in and never even got followed through with but I think like I said earlier on when you back yourself you have ideas let them sit for a bit have an idea mull it over don't just jump in too quick because I've done it before and gone that, that was a, wasn't a good idea and if I'd done it now I would have the other way probably but the business itself look um, I've added a gym this year already so for this year I'm probably just going to just grow the business internally um, as a facility it's probably set for the next year um, next year I've got plans to develop a few more things um, in the pipeline but look that's it's all uh, not hush hush but it's uh, you don't want to put out there it doesn't happen <laughs> Adam Spear owner of Spear Performance and Little Kenny thanks for taking the time today to talk to us on Business Matters cheers thanks very much you well, that's it for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guest, Adam Spear. Thanks to Kenneth Wilson on sound. And thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters, in association with the Faculty of Business at ATU Donegal. The part-time Level 8 Honours degree in business is delivered through a mix of online and face-to-face lectures. Email execedbusiness at lyit.ie. That's E-X-E-C-E-D business at lyit.ie or call 9186206.